Without the ones like you, who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants, they all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you with professional-grade industrial supplies. Count on real-time product availability and fast delivery. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. This video is sponsored by Atlas VPN. How are you guys doing? And welcome over to the channel. If you guys are new, please do me a favor and subscribe. We're doing videos every single day over the Ukrainian conflict because it's an ever-changing thing. So make sure to hit that bell notification as well because you guys do not want to miss out on a video when it goes live. I will tell you guys right now, Russia has withdrawn its peace treaty talks with Japan and frozen economic projects due to sanctions imposed by Tokyo. Yes, and a lot of people in the world, including myself, did not even know that they have not even come on come to an agreement since World War II. Yeah, I, I, literally since the 40s. They still have not came to an agreement over these islands. And Russia and Japan have not still formally ended, this is crazy to me, still formally ended World War II hostilities because of the standoff over the islands known in Russia as the Kuril Islands and in Japan as the Northern Territories. So it's just, I didn't even know this. I think there's a lot of people don't know this. And we're talking 80 plus years ago. 80 plus years they've been stills in this little standoff and now they've cut off ties and peace treaty talks. Japan has actually now summoned the Russian ambassador to the country after the talks have halted. So Biden has actually came out and said that Putin's back's against the wall and now he's talking about new false flags he's setting up, including asserting that we in America have biological as well as chemical weapons in Europe. That's simply not true. These are, these are from ver Biden's mouth verbatim. So please bear with me. I know a lot of people in the world don't understand Biden lingo. I don't hear in America either. Sometimes he just mashes words together. They're also suggesting that Ukraine has biological and chemical weapons in Ukraine. That's a clear sign that he's considering using both of those. We've spoke about this before. Over the last two days, we talked about false flags, Russia putting out this stuff over chemical weapons being used inside of Ukraine. I, I do believe that could be a possibility since he is kind of, he's not winning the war as well, as well as he thought he would be. Russia accusations that Kiev has biological and chemical weapons are false and illustrate that Putin is considering using them himself in Ukraine. Biden also warned that Putin having his back against the wall will increase the severity of these tactics he may employ. He also said that Russia cyber attacks will be substantial and they are coming. This is what Biden was actually talking about just a few hours ago, that all these cyber attacks from Russia are going to be coming in here in America where you have to worry about them because they're going to be substantial. Now, I know everything in America actually runs off the Internet. We all know this. Yesterday we had tornadoes come through Texas and it was nuts. Like literally everything inside of this town I live in was just out. Power was completely out. Not power, but the internet was completely out. Nothing ran inside the house. I mean, we everything here runs off the internet. And it's just new day and age. So if Russians do come out, that's another thing. Is that going to give the America, if, if we know it's going to happen and it does happen, say they hit one of our infrastructures so hard that it actually wipes out a certain sector for so many hours or days. Does that give us... The, the right to actually attack them as a country? I don't know. Hell, I, I don't know what's going on. I don't, there's not a lot of us here in the world that know what's going on. Is that going to give us just justification to actually attack the Russians at that point? I don't know. Anyway, a pro-Kremlin tabloid actually leaked the Russian casualties. So you guys have been talking about all these Russian casualty numbers. I also stated that the one coming out of the Kiev Independent, I believe, became a little bit more biased than what I had led off to. And now I don't really use that as being a source. So... I've found one that's, I've got images to show you guys in Russian and English. It's been translated. And these are the ones that are on screen for you guys right now. The Russian Ministry of Defense numbers are 9,861 Russian soldiers have been KIA. 
and 16,153 have been injured. The last official number that the Russian-backed uh, was came out with was on March 2nd, which was 498 KIA. So yes, those numbers that we were looking at earlier, they may have been just a little bit skewed when it came to, I've actually stated this, I think I said this yesterday, when it came to the amount of aircraft and helicopters and tanks and whatnot, those ones may have been a little bit skewed, but the actual numbers of casualties inside of this conflict, I think that those ones are actually right. That's the only one inside of that entire graph, an infographic issue, I actually am confident in actually saying. And coming out with this, that's pretty significant. And that shows you why they're actually pulling all these troops from other countries and other areas of Russia to reinforce the ones that they've lost. That also shows you that they were not indicating that they were going to take this many losses. They were not expecting these kind of losses from this conflict. So as you know, this episode is sponsored by Atlas VPN, and they have over 6 million users worldwide. They stop ads and malware. This is more than just a normal VPN. It blocks all malicious links, ads, trackers, and notifies you when someone is trying to use your data. Enjoy blazing fast speeds. You will not be hampered down or bogged down. Protected on unlimited devices with one subscription. That's right. One subscription will protect your entire family and all of your devices. So Atlas VPN is actually giving journalists and bloggers in Ukraine premium accounts so they can actually spread the message actually get the word out my people like myself who are actually trying to push the word out to you guys i'm able to to get it through them because they're able to use this service without being tracked down by the russians i know that sounds a little bit crazy but that is a real thing so thank you to atlas for doing that so right now atlas vpn is running a massive discount for a dollar 99 a month for a three-year subscription that is right a dollar 99 a month with a 30-day money-back guarantee for a three-year subscription time is now time is running out click the link at the very top of the description or go to get.atlasvpn vpn.com forward slash speak the truth to take advantage of this offer it is for you guys only it is for y'all so go to get.atlasvpn.com forward slash speak the truth or click the link at the very top of the description to get this perfect sweet offer so thank you so much to atlas vpn for sponsoring this episode i'm telling you guys i use it every single day with all the stuff that i search on the internet i feel a lot more safe and secure because it is kind of a creepy world we live in so make sure to check them out make yourself and your family secure at home while you're browsing the internet go to get dot atlas vpn.com forward slash speak the truth to take advantage of this amazing offer or click the link at the very top description other than that we'll see you guys here in a second and thank you so much to atlas vpn for sponsoring this episode so the image you're seeing right now is actually from a railway being sabotaged between belarus and ukraine and we're going to talk about some more railways apparently there's a rail quote-unquote railway war that's going on the Belarusian railway workers have launched what they've called a railway, it's kind of hard to say, a railway war intent to stop Russian equipment from getting through. Now, we're going to talk about one that's actually coming out of Russia into Ukraine as well later on, but this is kind of the same thing. And also, Russian tank manufacturer, this one's going to be kind of hard for me to say, Ural Vagnozoid. Anyway, has actually completely stopped the production of its tanks. It was forced to shut down due to the fact he cannot receive certain parts for the tanks from EU manufacturers due to sanctions. So yes, the sanctions are working. Now, I don't personally see this being an issue for too long, maybe a week or so, but it depends on the item. I don't know which one it is. So I think it could be fixed within the country and them actually manufacturing them in the country depends on the type of, of, of product they're receiving. If it's something that actually takes R&D to make and manufacture and them have to actually make something to then make the product, you know what I mean? Like actually manufacture a machine then to make that said product, then it might be a little bit longer. But I think they're going to be able to get this thing kind of worked out inside of Russia. Russia's not a third world country. I mean, they're going to be able to figure this out quite quick. And last but not least on a little, little new segment here before we get into the maps, 
The U.S. Embassy in Kiev has also accused the Russian troops in eastern side of the country of kidnapping. This is coming from the U.S. Embassy. They have stated that Russian forces have illegally removed 2,389 Ukrainian children from Donetsk and Luhansk to Russia. So they're actually taking children from there and moving them over. That's kind of the same kind of info we got yesterday from Maripool. So we're moving those people out of Maripool into, quote-unquote, camps, I guess you would say, which I don't like to call them camps because that will bring us back to the 40s. So we're just going to talk about, well, I don't know what else they'd be. Uh, they're moving them into small towns and, and, and villages inside of Russia so they're not able to spread the word of what's actually going on. Now, this is the same thing. So, hey, let me know also if you guys like this piece. I'm actually starting to put more of the more broad news at the beginning of these things and then going into the maps and layouts of what's going on in Ukraine. Please let me know in the comment section if you guys are enjoying the way that we're setting up these videos for you guys. Now, we're going to move on to the map portion. So, we're going to look at Kiev. So, uh, if you guys are new to the channel, this is the maps that I actually I've made up myself. I combined them from a lot of open sources I've, I've found over the internet. There's quite a bit out there. Um, there's, there's one on Wikipedia that I stopped using, mainly the fact that it's never updated correctly. I'm able to update this one every single video, and I believe this to be as accurate as it possibly can be for you guys. So here in Kiev, down here on the southern side, these two black circles, as you guys see in the south side, those are key areas I believe the Russians going to have to take to cut off the supply routes into Kiev for the, for the Ukrainians that are in there. I don't, I'm not saying I want this to happen. I'm just trying to give you guys a total objective and be as subjective as subjective as I possibly can to the current situation in Ukraine. All right. So Ukrainian intelligence is reporting that additional reinforcements from the 90th tank division has actually arrived in Chernihiv. So up here in Chernihiv, and I do know it's more on the Northwestern side of the country. So you're looking up inside of this area right there. They haven't actually had any additional attacks inside of Chernihiv in the last few days. It's been nothing but shelling. So I have some footage of satellite imagery. And I'm actually going to show you both of them. I have both of them. And I'd like to show y'all coming is just outside of Chernihiv. This is video footage. This is from a Russian TV network, just so you guys are aware. Uh, it's affiliated with the Russian, actually, with Russia. But it shows that Russian Malta 203 millimeter heavy artillery pieces are being used and employed in Ukraine. It's the ones that have been moved into this area. This is what's shelling these major cities. So here is that video for you guys right now. Называют эту самоходку в батарее. Командир орудия Артем говорит, привыкли. Так повелось еще с учебных стрельб, больших международных учениях, в которых принимал участие его расчет. Уже четвертый год они, семеро бойцов, колят и лелеют свою тройку. При выполнении боевого задания ни один из узлов ни разу не подвел. Поражение целей сто процентов. So that was actually the Western Military District's 45th High Pallery Artillery Brigade. You guys were just saying there. Yes, it's a mouthful, but that is exactly what it is. And the satellite imagery I'm going to show you. I'm going to go over here to Google Earth because actually I've already pulled up. I have the grid coordinate directly to it. So this is just northeast of Chernihiv, and I have the exact location. So that's the satellite imagery you guys are seeing. And here it's just northeast of Chernihiv. So here it is right there, just outside of the town of Terek Vika. So right there. That's the exact location and grid coordinate to those artillery units inside of Ukraine. Those are Russian artillery units that are actually shooting on Chernihiv as of right now. And as a as a as an idea, you guys they gotta be within twenty five kilometers of the city center to actually have some impact. So these are gonna be within twenty five kilometers or so, just give or take, of actually being accurate on hitting their targets. So that's gonna be twenty five kilometers from the outside of the city limits is what it looks like. So we're gonna go to the western side of Kiev. So this actually started, I believe on March third is when it actually started to happen, but it's just now being published now. So the town of Makarov, you guys see right here, the main route that's going east to west and west to east, as you say, the most westernly route, as you guys can see, coming out of Kiev right here. So it flows through some Russian-held territory as of right there. But on the back side of it, it is controlled now by the Ukrainians. 
So down here, that town has now been liberated. So as of right now, the Ukrainians actually control that town, which has pushed some of the Russian troops back north. I saw this yesterday, but I could not confirm it until today. So I wanted to wait till today to actually give you guys the confirmation. It has been liberated completely right now. This is a big deal, mainly because it gives the troops in the area some hope that they aren't getting it defeated. They're not being defeated as of right now. And then the other main reason why is because it's, it's, it's on a main route going into Kiev. It's, it's on a main route that the Russians could utilize to actually reinforce their troops on that northwestern side of Kiev. So you guys can see, like I was told you guys, this main route, I believe it's E-40, comes all the way through. That's that main route I'm talking about. These are the main routes they have to control. The Russians have to control these routes to be able to resupply their men and get reinforcements into that area. We talked about this multiple times. The northeast side of this country and the eastern side of this country, they're having trouble. That is the Russian. They're having troubles maintaining these routes because they're being ambushed constantly, which we're going to talk about here in a second over in Sumi. It's, an, it's, just, it's a thing that the Russians are trying to, to actually implement and put some of their brigades in right now to fix this problem. And it seems maybe they might be just be a little bit slow. I have read that there's actually not a, a commander over Ukraine as of right now. There's not an actual head figure that's in tr control of the Russian military for Ukraine as a whole. And that's why they're having such communication problems and errors throughout this country. They, they, right now, the comms on the ground, they're having to use civilian phones, like actually cell phones to direct and talk to each other because the comms issues is so bad. I know from personal experience. In Iraq and Afghanistan, mainly Afghanistan, we had tons of comms issues. It had a lot to do with what was inside of the ground, iron, ore, rock, minerals, all that kind of stuff messes with radio frequencies. It also has to do with line of sight. Some of these things you have to be visually like pinging off each other to talk. Some of it's satellite. But a lot of times, comms issues has to do with being around buildings and in stuff like that. Like you're going to not have good comms. But it's been so bad, they've been using normal cell phones. And a lot has to do with the upper chain of command in the Russian military is just it, it doesn't know what they're doing, and it's somewhat obsolete. Now, after that little bit of a rant, so we're going to go over here to Sumi. So I was talking about this route that comes in. So I'm going to draw it for everybody that's new. We're going to use this handy-dandy little pen and go black. So this is the main route that comes in from the north. They bring in on here, and they come down. I probably should annotate and leave this route on here, but it is kind of ever-changing in the Sumi area, so that's why I haven't done it. They do come around like this, and they flow in like this. This is the Russian convoys that come in. All right. If you guys are new to the channel, quick, fast, and hurry, blue, Ukraine, red, Russian, as you can tell. So the Ukrainians have been able to come out of these, these pockets that they hold and they control, for the most part, and been able to ambush either side of this route all the way through, which has been a massive problem. Down here in Pryluki as well, see, they've actually cut off this element. So this element back over here of the Russian forces was cut off as of yesterday from actually getting resupplied. It's mainly due to the fact that there's a choke point right here, you guys see, that they can't get their actual, they can't actually get supplies through right there because they are so heavily fortified in Pryluki, they're able to ambush right out of there. So the Russian military has actually brought out an engineering division to help secure the route that is coming out of Sudi and heading west into Kiev. So that main route I just drew on the southern side right here, this main route all the way right here. So that main route is the one that they are currently setting up engineering uh, brigades on right now. But over the last 12 hours or so, there's been multiple ambushes on this route by Ukrainian forces, it seems that Russians are trying to find a way to secure it by bringing in these engineers, which might be a big thing. We use engineers, we utilize them as route clearance a lot. Like we would use them to go through and actually clear out IEDs before we go through. I used them multiple times in Afghanistan quite a bit, but I, they may use them to try to actually secure them. They also need them to, to use pontoon bridges and such like that, which we've seen on the eastern side of the country. I saw this video coming out of Sumi area, which locals are actually setting up their own ambush, which I'm going to show you guys here in a second. I thought I would share it just mainly with the fact that you're now seeing that the Russians aren't just fighting the Ukrainian military, they're having to deal with the civilians as well. Mm -hmm. 
Все, хватит, свои. Работаем. И тут три бензовоза с колонна. Будем делать. And oddly enough, I found the aftermath of the, the actual ambush. So you guys just don't think it's some random propaganda I'm pushing with them out, out actually doing anything. So here is the video footage of the, the end result of that ambush. <laughs> So we're going to move over to Kharkiv now. So down over here, there hasn't been much change. The only thing I can tell you guys is I do know that the Russians are using Kupians to stage a lot of their troops. And Izium down over here is going to be an area that's been heavily contested and still is. So the Russians have continued to shell the city, but reports that Russians are currently rebuilding a railway that has been damaged between Valyuki, which is inside of Russia, which I've actually already, this little red square right there in Kupian. So there's a main route that runs through right here. This is the main road. I don't know if that's the exact uh, route for the railroad, but I'm going to assume it's, it's somewhere kind of like this. All right. So there's a railroad in between Valyuki and Kupians that's currently getting um, fixed due to the fact that there's railway war, quote unquote, actually happening, which is kind of a big deal. I told you guys they stage in Kupians. I've showed you guys a video about a week ago of them staging an entire convoy of infantrymen, artillerymen, everything else right there. So I believe that this is going to be, Kupiansk is going to be a staging ground to actually hit the south side of Kharkiv if they ever go after it, and or Izium, which they're trying to push through and have been for the last like three or four days. Any new gains that the Russians have made during the day in the eastern part of the country were actually reversed by evening. So down here in Severe Nedes, so the south, or excuse me, the north side of Rubazan, as you guys see right here, that is completely controlled. This north side is controlled uh, currently by the Russian forces. I do know that I believe that this is going to be one of the first areas that does fall inside of I guess, inside of the eastern side of the country. The manpower on that side of the country, the Russians, they do control that. They have quite a bit more, and they're able to get more uh, significantly quicker than the Ukrainians are. But the Ukrainian forces are dug in heavily. We've spoke many, many a times. The Russians are taking such heavy losses due to the fact that they're assaulting dug-in defensively held positions in cities. Russian forces sources excuse me, have actually confirmed, so I, I found a few more, and this one is actually confirmed, that the head of the LPR has said that after taking the rest of the area that is under Ukrainian control, that its Republican forces will actually continue to, to, to participate in the operations beyond its borders. So this main border you guys see right here, which is pretty, pretty much heavily fortified on, from both sides, that main one, once they actually push past that border, they're going to continue throughout the country. Now, I, I am aware that this is something that a lot of people probably knew was going to happen. I mean, I'm just saying that this one's been contested for the last eight years or so, but this is something we should take note of because I still believe that Russia will not stop on the, the eastern border of this country, the eastern side, quote-unquote, of this country, and they'll actually try to take the entire thing. And the eastern side I'm talking about is this river line right here that moves all the way up, all the way up into Kiev. That's the one I'm talking about. A lot of people think they're just trying to take this huge chunk of land and they're going to try to keep it. I believe they're actually going to push all the way west. Once they start pushing a little bit more west past this river, if it ever does happen, that's when NATO and Poland probably will get the, I don't know, the hairs on the back of the neck probably will stand up just a tad bit more. Because the chances of Russians actually sending rounds into Poland at that point could become much greater. Because right now they're, they're pretty far away. Honestly, they're fairly far from, from hitting Poland on accident, but if it ever happens, that could be a thing. 
So we're now going to move south into Mariupol. I have a little bit better map for you guys. So here's Mariupol itself. It's, it's, it's changed significantly. So we know, I'm going to annotate for you guys real quick, here on the southeastern side, this route that's coming in right here, this is the route that was taken by, uh, excuse me, the Chechnyans. They came in on the southeastern side. Russians came in through right here. They still are trying to penetrate through these, these areas as of right now. These are the main areas that the Russians are coming through. We know that some of them actually tried to push through here, but they actually were pushed back. So this one I just made right there, we can go ahead and annotate and remove because the Russian forces actually pushed back. So right now, this is the area that is currently controlled by the Ukrainians. They have been pushed back out of the airport. They entered, the uh, Russians have actually entered the airfield in Mariupol. Ukrainian troops actually withdrew from this area and fell back into the main portion of the city about a day ago. I actually have some footage of an ongoing battle down in Mariupol that I'm going to show to you guys. And I'd like to share it. It actually is of the Chechnyans who have pushed all the way through that south side of the city like I told you guys. So here is that. So the Azaz regiment is actually claimed to have hit a Russian patrol boat, and I believe that this is actually a true statement. I saw it about 12 hours ago. I didn't mention it because of I didn't know if it was propaganda or not. I kind of waited, but they actually did hit it with an ATGM, and according to Russian sources, the boat has actually been damaged and towed away. I have seen the video personally, but the way that YouTube works, I'm not going to be able to show you guys this video on this channel as of right now without getting their approval to go live. YouTube's very strange with this kind of stuff. I get it. I don't know who's watching this video. It's an 18-year-old, a 14-year-old, or a 13-year-old, or a 35-year-old. I have no idea, so we try to keep it as non-graphic as possible. And I know a lot of you guys that say the same thing as well. Well, you keep showing us all these damaged vehicles. Where are the bodies? Well, I don't think it's necessary to show that. I don't think it's necessary for, for me to actually put that out there because I don't know who's watching these videos. You guys get the point of what's happening within those videos. I mean, they're, you know... I just, I see it all the time. I don't need to put it out there for a lot of other people to see it. I, my camera guy, we make sure that every single time a video puts in here, that all that stuff is not in there. Because I don't know what some people, I don't want to give some people nightmares. It's not my job. So as you can tell down here though, the Russians have taken some ground and it, it is pretty much inevitable at this point. I, I don't know how much longer. It is a good thing that they're making this last stand inside of Mariupol. It seems like that's, what the, that's what's going on here. If they don't get, if the Ukrainians do not push through, and actually make way to actually bring in reinforcements and supplies and men and, and just everything into the city, it's going to fall. But it is hope and gives hope for the entire country that these men down here are actually making basically their last stand. It's, it's sad as me it's, it's, to say that. It is what it is. They're down here fighting literally to the final, like the final bit of ammo they have to make it known that they believe in what they're fighting for. And you look down in here, and it's, they've, they've pinched them off in the southern side, and they're going to push through on this side. And then they're pretty much going to be 360 surrounded. I don't know if it's going to happen in the next two or three days or next day, but it's going to happen. But the big thing here is the Russians are taking heavy, heavy losses when it comes to casualties and also equipment losses. They're taking a ton down there, which is making them ineffective to actually push in other parts of the country. But when they take this area of Mariupol, they're going to be able to push just about anywhere they want. So I would assume, I'm going to say this right now, if they do take Mariupol, they're probably going to take a quick pause, regroup, refit, and then push out again. That's probably what's going to happen. It's a situational, it's literally what's going to happen down there, I believe, if they take it. But the thing is, if 
if the Ukrainians hold it off for another week, you know how much how much more losses the Russians are going to sustain down in that area, just trying to take this city a lot, way more than they would have ever, ever anticipated for this entire conflict. The Russians have actually tried to put th- push through to Zapsercio, so we'll move over to one of my other maps here. So Zapsercio is right here, as you guys do know. Now, I'm going to go ahead and back up for you guys. If you guys can just look real quick, you guys see the blue. Look at all this blue coming down here. You guys see all this? Look at all that. Over the last week or so, the Ukrainians have been able to fortify these heavily defensive positions leading into this, this side of the city. So even if they do push through more people, they're going to have to go through every single bit of these Ukrainian forces trying to get through. So this is going to be one heck of a battle for the Russians actually trying to push north out of the southern region. But this T-90 tank, which you guys are seeing, is fairly modern, and they don't have like a, a ton of these. But you can see it was actually taken out by the Ukrainian forces just south of Zaporizhia here earlier today. And the Russians have been using Bernyansk. So that's down over here. So Bernyansk is right there. As you guys see, there's a port inside of Bernyansk. They've been using this thing to offload equipment the past couple days. I didn't show you guys the other day because it was actually from RT, and I just thought it was them unloading one off the ship just to show, hey, look, we took this port. It's free flow movement, and we're, we're able to get supplies in. But it is actually something they're using. So here's some footage of that offloading some, some uh, equipment there. So down along the Bug River, which is right here, roughly, I'm just going to draw it for you guys. It goes down into the northern side of Mykolaiv. The Bug River has actually had a, had a few few ticks, I guess you'd say, troops in contact, firefights, however you want to put it. The Ukrainian forces have been doing counterattacks against the Russians down along the Bug River. In this video that I'm actually going to show you guys, it's fairly good evidence that they're seeking to find a route along the backside of Mykolaiv. So you can see that in this video, you're going to see there's a Russian pontoon that's been destroyed. So here's that. This is a Близ села Константиновка Николаевской области. То самое место, где враг попытался навести переправу российские войска. So like I've told you guys and shown you guys many of times, so the Russians were all the way up here, then they got pushed back to here, and then they got pushed back to where they're sitting about right here right now. Now they have been trying to actually do probing attacks to get across this river system. They've been trying to get the back, back, the back side of this river system to get into the southern side of Mykolaiv and Odessa. So we all know that. All right, now that you guys are caught up, that's where that's that's what those pontoon bridges are. They're on that Bug River, and it's it just seems like it's small elements of Russian forces trying to pursue to find a route to get across the Bug to get on the backside of Mykolaiv, which has not been panning out very well. And it's apparently been a fairly productive day as well for the Ukrainians down near Mykolaiv. The images you are currently seeing are from multiple counterattacks were executed on the outer lying towns. So these outer lying towns, they keep pushing the Russians farther east. It looks like they have secured four MTLBV MKs in a supply truck along with an electronic warfare vehicle and a commanded signal vehicle, which is kind of a big deal. Uh, it, taking out electronic warfare vehicles, I mean, that's, that is pretty big because those things are able to knock UAVs out of the sky and so on and so forth. And it's just a lot of those, like we're talking about communications. So a commanded signal vehicle, that's where someone would sit back and be able to do what I'm doing, essentially, talking about battle tracking on a map and be able to explain where people need to go and what needs to happen. They're not able to do that because, well, they just took some in that area. And down here in Kyrson, so we know it's just south. I, I do believe, I spoke about this yesterday. I'm going to say this right now. I do believe... I heard that the Ukrainians, and I've read multiple times and seen it from, from multiple different sources, that the fact that they're going to be pushing out of Mykolaiv to do some counterattacks and some attacks on Kyrgyzstan to actually take out some of the bridges coming across. I don't know if that's going to happen. If we see that in the near future, then that'll be a big deal. But I do know down in Kyrgyzstan, the Russian National Garments actually opened up 
uh, opened fire, excuse me, on pro on a pro Ukrainian rally in Kyrgyzstan, which at least had one person wounded. So we've seen this multiple times. I actually have some video footage. I've seen them kicking him in the face and, and shooting. It's just, it's just kind of, it's not good. It really isn't. So, and I also believe it has a lot to do with the fact that these these Ukrainian or excuse me, these, these Russian forces that are down there. I believe that they're actually fearing for their life, so they're just acting out against the people that are pro-Ukrainian. So I, I kind of I could see it both ways. The, these men that are down there, they're forced to be down there. These Russians, so they're actually fit, they're scared to be down there. I get it, but, but I, I I don't know. It, the, like shooting at a pro, it's just, that's just not right. Anyway, Ukrainian forces took out a fairly rare piece of Russian equipment as well, and you will see this in the video. But they made around two hundred of these, and it's a Panzer S air defense system. So that's pretty much what I have for you guys today. I hope you guys enjoyed this video. Please do me a favor and subscribe if you guys are new. Other than that, I will catch you guys on another episode tomorrow. Have a good night. Have a good day. Whatever it is, I will see you later.